How you doing out there today, guys? This is Bryant Collier bringing you my two cents on the 50 Shades of Collier podcast. Look, the last time we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, we talked about affiliate marketing, some ways that I have started and began to make money and, and you know, things like that. And uh, we're going to touch base on that next time a little bit more. And, and you know, some of the things that uh, as far as Instagram goes, I've been trying to, to uh, improve, you know, learn all I can about that, get a little, you know, learn more about YouTube. Uh, the, you know, just the importance of little small things of, you know, tags and descriptions. So I've been trying to, uh, you know, get all that stuff, uh, you know, and I won't want to say mastered yet, but I mean, I'd like to, you know, be going in that, you know, that direction. Uh, but anyway, I told you before that, you know, Fifty Shades of Kyer, just there's, there's different layers to me. So we will discuss a, a variety of different topics. And today we're going to discuss, uh, we're going to have a little fun and and I'm gonna probably rant a little bit, and and, uh, and some of you may not find I don't know value if you're not a you know we're gonna discuss about the Tennessee Volunteers and uh, you know and their you know their fan base. I'm a diehard Tennessee fan, and but some of the fan base you know even though they have a right to their opinion, some of it's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, talk about their recruiting class yesterday, and you know what I feel about it. Uh, you know, and, and, and then we want to talk a little bit about the Cardinals. There's, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the how things are looking for them as spring trains getting closer. And I think it's around 50 days to opening day. Uh, you know, I'm a diehard Cardinals fan, and I, and it's kind of the same thing with the uh, with the volunteers. You know, the, some of the Cardinal fans are the, you know, I think the Cardinal fans are the greatest in baseball, and I think uh, Tennessee's greatest in football. And you have a right to your opinion, and, and there's times where you pay your hard-earned money. You have a right to your say, just like. But some of it, to me, is just uh, it just makes no sense. I don't understand how people can view things in some of the ways they do view it. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna we'll get into we'll talk about uh, uh, you know Cardinals baseball here, and and one of the articles that came up not too long ago, um, they were talking about was this the worst uh, off-season, basically winter in Cardinals history, basically. You know, Mo has so many, so many hated, uh, so much hatred, uh, or people have so much hatred for Mo. It's just crazy to me. I think he's a smart guy, and uh, you know, I think he's done some good things, uh, you know, and, and all that sort of thing, and uh, you know, made some good decisions like like he did this year with uh, getting Goldsmith, and I, I think Andrew Miller, uh, you know, and he's made some bad decisions. Now, only bad because it didn't work out. Now, of course, there's a lot of Cardinal fans that tell you they didn't like the Cecil deal. They knew it was coming. Okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm not clairvoyant. I didn't know it was coming. I didn't like the Cecil as much money they gave him. I think they gave him too much money. Uh, same with Dexter Fowler. But having said that, Dexter Fowler had a pretty good first year. Second year was god-awful. Um, and there's been a lot of criticism about Dexter Fowler and a lot of people coming to his aid, a lot of Cardinal fans coming to his aid. And, and I agree with what they mean. We don't really – the negativity is not going to make anything better, okay? And I agree with that. But this is also the negativity that I'm going to agree with most of the Cardinal fan base. And uh, they have a right to criticize Dexter Fowler. And, I mean, maybe some went overboard. I, I don't know. I didn't see everything that was said. But a lot of it, to me, was uh, justified. You know, players are going to have – the better players don't have too many down years, but even the best do have down years and struggle from time to time and, you know, and, and things like that. That happens. And, you know, and obviously I don't want a player that we're paying good money to, to hit 200. But if he was hitting 200 and giving it everything he's got, 
coming in early, leaving late, trying to work his problems out. He was just having a terrible damn year. I'm not going to criticize that fellow. I mean, I'm just really not. I mean, I may say, God, he's terrible this year. But I'm saying I will not stay on him. Well, my understanding is that's exactly what Dexter Fowler's mentality was. Uh, you know, he comes in with that little nonchalant-ass attitude like he got from the, from the Cubs, and all oh, that brought them a World Series, so all oh, that, that attitude is just fantastic. You know, uh, he just uh, didn't work out with the way the Cardinals are so serious and blah, 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 and all this sort of thing. Well, you know, they're, they're, there's, a, there's fine to have, have fun. It is baseball. Uh, you know, you do need to, you know, have a good time. You're playing a game. But at the same time, they're paying you millions of dollars to go out there and, and – and, be the best you can be. And that means, you know, when we're struggling in our jobs and, and, and we want to grow, we want to get better, you know, what do we do? We, we go back and fix our problems. You know, we try to learn more. We research. We spend more time trying to, uh, you know, learn what issues that we're having or, or what we don't do so well. You know, that's what you do. So if he's, he's you know, he is uh, supposed to be held accountable. He's got a responsibility when he's struggling to – Spend time coming in early, working it out, getting with some of the other players. You know, see if they can't. You know, you know, give feedback and bounce things off of each other. You stay late, continuing to work. It's your job. That's what you're doing. Yeah, you're you're one of the lucky few that gets paid millions of dollars to play a damn game. But that's what you should do. It's your job. Instead, he chose to. You know, oh, he was having some depressed issues and hey maybe he was but he was the cardinals are doing this and doing that and you know what well you know what cry me a river you didn't do anything to really help your cause anything you know you basically went into hiding and i mean you know and then there's been some comments made about how you've been mistreated and some of the and look i mean i'm not saying that some of those things probably didn't cross the line they might have but you know what? You need to expect that. You come in there with that little smile on your face and everything's all right and all that, but, but all of a sudden, it's not all right. Somebody calls you out or, you know, you get your feelings hurt. Well, you know, to me, you know, if you dish it out, you got to learn to take it. And to me, the biggest thing is I've, you know, I've read different things about he's just not, you know, he didn't G-haul too well with uh, Matheny, which I kind of understand that. Not, not everybody does. And uh, but I think a lot of people, you know, you come in with that nonchalant attitude, but you're willing to work. It's okay. But when you come in there and it don't work out, and you're not willing to work, you know, you're the first one to leave, last one to get there. That shit don't work out. You know, there's people paying good money that they're good hard-earned money at their jobs that they're working to be the best they can be to come watch your ass, and they deserve a great product or at least a product that's given every damn thing they got. You owe it to the game of baseball. You owe it to yourself, and you owe it to the Cardinals organization and the fans. So instead of bashing the fans, why don't you take the criticism and, and realize that most of it was justified and get back to work? You know, and I've, I've read where they, you know, he is. He's looking at this as a rebirth, and I'm, I'm hoping so because they've paid him a, a really too much damn money, and I'm hoping that he does perform. I mean, you know, you know, it gives his effort and all that sort of thing. And, you know, and that's another thing. It comes from that Joe Madden school of nonchalant. Mr. Guru makes bonehead decisions, and somehow they panned out in 2016, and he's some kind of god. And, well, now that it ain't working out as much, and some of his bonehead decisions are coming back to, to bite him in the ass and from, you know, uh, his little themed 
road trips and all that sort of thing so now he's kind of on the hot seat and i think it's funny as hell i really do uh you know all that you know his little laid back and you know i guess playing music which i ain't no problem playing music but i'm just saying all this whole you know we don't worry about nothing man we cool man whatever that shit ain't working out when you when you're uh when you're not when you're underachieving i don't think they're underachieving i think they overachieve when they won you know it's funny Everybody now acts like they want to play for the Cubs or the Cubs the best damn thing ever. They're this big market team that everybody wants to play for. You still the shitty-ass Chicago Cubs that have done nothing much in your whole history. You know, you've won like one National League pennant since 1960. You had one World Series. I mean, you know what? You're still our little – you're still the little stepbrother, the little half-brother that I beat the shit out of. You're nothing. And, you know, it's just like last year, you know, we still beat you more times than we beat you. You know, we won the season series. and But yet everybody talks about how they're just so much further ahead of us. And, and man, they just, uh, they just not. I mean, you know, and that's what I want to talk about. You know, everybody keeps talking about with the moves we made, we're still third best. I don't see how we're third best. I mean, not even on paper. Now, I don't know what, what how the season's going to go. Izzo's their best player. They got Izzo. Chris Bryant, I don't know which one you're going to get. You know, it's a small sample size. I think Chris Bryant's potential is obviously there. We know he's got a potential, and he knows he can run his mouth. He's got a big mouth. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people talked about the little thing that he said on the Ryan Dumpster show. And I'm blown away that Ryan Dumpster is even making any kind of, uh, you know, remarks towards St. Louis. I don't give a damn if he's a Cub fan or not. Nobody wanted you. I mean, the Cardinals didn't want you. Nobody wanted. Nobody had room for a mascot. The Cubs was the only ones that wanted you because you were at a time, once again, that I think you had one decent year there. I mean, and now you think, and I understand you're playing to your fans and all that sort of thing, and, you know, people took such offense that Chris Bryant called St. Louis boring. I, you know, I could care less about that. It was the, the what bothered me was that nobody wants to play for Simon. Who wants to play there? I mean, that's right up there. That's on the teams that I would not play for. Good. Nobody wants your ass. Nobody definitely wanted Ryan, you know, Ryan Dumpster. And that's fine. You keep sitting over there and being sec- in a second rate to us. You know, and, and, and ain't nobody's living in the past. I mean, we won a World Series just a few years ago. I mean, it's been, hell, it's been eight years ago now, I guess. But, you know, we went to the World Series again in, like, 2014, uh, something along those lines. And uh, But, you know, we've been competitive every year. Everybody, everybody hits a rough patch. You know, you go back and look at the Yankees' history. There were some times where the Yankees were absolutely terrible. They went several years without going to the playoffs. I mean, let's look at Boston up until, uh, what was it, 05? Uh, look at Boston. You know, they had they felt they, hell, they, they were so bad they felt they were cursed. You know, I just think we're being too hard on the front office and too hard on the team. And, and to say that they haven't done anything is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, the problem is they hadn't got your precious Bryce Harper that all of you are just drooling to have. And I, and I don't understand what the whole fuss is. Would I take Bryce Harper for five years and 25, 30? Yeah. I'm not taking Bryce Harper for 35, 40 million for 10 years, though. Okay? But because, again, you know, which Bryce are you going to get? And I damn sure don't want Manny Machado. I don't want a guy that's going to tell you he's not going to hustle all the time. Again, you're getting paid millions of dollars. You owe it to the game. You owe it to the organization. And you owe it to the fans who pay their hard-earned money to come watch your sorry ass loaf to first. So you better believe 
If it was me, I wouldn't sign him for nothing. I just wouldn't do it. I don't care how good he is. You know, to me, giving everything you got, that's something that no one can take from you. That's something that anyone can do, no matter how good you are. And he chooses not to do it. And there's even times Bryce has started choosing not to do it. I remember me and my brother, when he first came to the league, my brother's a big Braves fan. Uh, which, you know, I like the Braves. I mean, they're, they're my, I would say if I had a second team, if Cardinals don't do something, I choose, I like, you know, I pull for the Braves. You know, me and my brother were down in the floor, uh, you know, watching Francisco Cabrera come through with that big hit against uh, the Pirates and see Br- Sid Breen uh, laboring around third base to score the run. Um, you know, fun times, man. But we, we both uh, – uh, you know, I lo- I like Bryce Harper. You know, I used to. I remember when he was first couple years in the league, he hit a ground ball, routine ground ball to second. He'd almost beat it out because he was giving everything he's got. You know, I- I'm sorry, I, I don't. I- you know, I don't see any other way to play the game. That's how you played the game as a kid. Most of us. That's how you played the game in high school. Some that went to college. I mean, why don't you owe it to uh, the fans, the organization, and the baseball itself? Just because you're getting paid millions of dollars, you know, you got that guaranteed money. You think you don't have to give that effort? I think it's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard and never seen witness, you know, on the playing field. You know, look, I realize the Cardinals don't pay me a dime. They've never sent me a check. Neither's the volunteers, but I'm passionate about them, you know, and I'm not one of these. I'm a very positive, optimistic type of guy. That doesn't mean I don't, there's not things that piss me off that the Cardinals do, but I'm sorry, you know, everybody, there's been some comments made about Ozuna, you know, Oh, yeah, he was portrayed as going to be the next MVP, middle-of-the-order guy, and look how that panned out. Yeah, it panned out. He hit 280, 23 home runs and 88 RBIs. Not too damn shabby. Is that what we wanted or what I hoped? No. I wanted him to hit 35-plus, around you know, 290, 300 like he uh, did before, 100-plus RBIs. Here's the problem, guys. He was unhealthy. He had an injury problem. He was injured all year, which – you know, affected his defense. Guys, we're talking about a gold glover in left field. He had a mediocre year or, you know, an average year because he was hurt. Guess what, guys? We got him again, and he's healthy. Or at least that's what he is. He claims to be. If he's healthy, Ozuna's going to hit the 35-plus. He's going to drive in the 100 RBIs. We got to get on base for him. But it kills me, and he's not costing us nothing. He does what he's capable of. I mean, guys, we can't go in here thinking, you know, well, what if he gets hurt? That's not the way you got to see it. I don't understand why we're so down on the guy. He had a he had a year a year where he was injured. You know, he still, in a sense, carried us down the stretch along with that young pitching staff. Because Carpenter at that point it went back into hiding. You know, I, I you know I I love Ozuna, and then they go and get Paul Goldsmith. I don't understand why more people aren't just ecstatic about Paul Goldsmith. You're talking about the best first baseman in the in the game. You're talking about top five, top six best player overall in the entire game, and we got him. Now, some of you go, well, when they extend him, when they extend him, I'll be happy. Well, you know what? I hope we extend him too, and that will mean that it's it was very successful trade once we extend him. But you know what? We have him now. We have him this year. He helps us now. And for what we gave up, it's still a win for us, even if we only had him for a year. Would it suck for the future? Yes. But we have him now. He makes us better. With him and Ozuna healthy, hitting two, three, three, four, that is one dynamic possibility 
Uh, that's some dynamic possibilities right there. That is one possible dynamic duo. And I'm telling you right now, you know, people. Are, I mean, I think it's you're gonna you're gonna really see how much you missed the you know you missed it on this one. You know, people still crying about Harper. Harper cannot carry us by himself. Goldsmith will instantly make us better. Harper would too, but here's the problem with Harper and paying him all that money. Next year, we got Goldsmith we need to resign or stand him this year. And after Ozuna puts up his year, everybody's going to be crying wanting him too. That gives us the opportunity to be able to sign them both. Okay? And it also sets us up. Look, I like Carpenter. And I think Carpenter's going to do fine holding third down this year. But he is not our future at third base. He's not. I love his heart. I love him being a Cardinal. I really do. And I really hope that, uh, you know, the whole DH thing, I guess, pans out. I wasn't for that. But I would love for Carpenter to eventually work his way into maybe a DH role, maybe go back to, I don't know, maybe right field. Uh, somewhere along those lines because I, I like for him to retire a Cardinal, okay? But here, here's the thing. That gives us the opportunity to go out and throw that 30, 35 million at Nolan Arenado. We would have the money to sign all them. We go and, we have money, but you go and lock yourself down to Harper. That's going to hurt us. We're not going to be able to go out. We will not be able to go sign Ozuna and Paul Goldsmith, in my opinion, if we lock down Harper to all of that. And when I'm saying Nolan Arnota, I'm not talking about giving him 10 years either. I'm still talking about giving him a five- or six-year deal. You know, with the option, you know, with some sort of option on the tail end uh, to, you know, to option for another couple of years. Anybody's talking about how he's not leaving Colorado? I just don't believe that. I think he was another one that would jump to love to play with the Cardinals, especially knowing we've locked down Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldsmith. Are you kidding me? I mean, you look at Nolan Ornato, Paul DeYoung, and Paul DeYoung's glove, if he plays like he did, which I'm assuming he's going to, he's got to cut down the strikeouts. He's, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away that he can't, hit a, he can't hit above average fastball, but I'm hoping he's going to – he's a smart guy. I think he'll keep working at it. But you put him and Colton Wong up the middle duo, Paul Gosman, Nolan Arnato on the corners, are you kidding me? Molina finishing his out and, uh, and his uh, – and the guy coming up for him was it Kaiser, I think. Something I think that's what it's called. I mean, the guy's going to be good as well. But then a healthy Marcel Zuna, Harrison Bader, and then right field, whether it's O'Neill, file, right field maybe our weakest to begin with, but we'll see how we'll, – we'll, we have the money to fix that hole. But the team will be full of, full of gold glovers and possibilities of gold glovers. We can go back to being the team uh, – that we you know once was you know playing great defense, being fundamentals. Guy Bryce Harper's not the greatest defensive player. I mean, I take Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldsmith over him any day of the week. And then and then you know there's a lot. Andrew Miller, he's only been the best reliever the past five years, minus last year he's been hurt. I mean, this guy was absolutely shut down, unhittable. You throw a veteran guy like that in there with Jordan Hicks, second year with Jordan Hicks. I mean, you got those young guys. We don't know where they're going to pan out. I mean, where they're going to be. I mean, you got Carlos Martinez. Are you kidding me? He's back healthy. Wayne Wright. I mean, we don't know where he's going to be, but Michael Walker back healthy. You got Dakota Hudson. Hey, guys, Jack Flaherty. Alex Reyes. 
DeLeon, these guys, Gomber, Gant, these guys have all proven themselves. And they, and they ran out of – those are the guys that got us in the playoff wild card position last year toward the end of the year. They're also the reason we didn't make it, really, in a sense they got gassed. But, guys, the, that just told me the future is bright. How are you not excited about these possibilities of this team? I mean, he's made those, – those moves with Goldsmith, that sets us up for the possibility of being able to extend him after he loves playing with the Cardinals, which I know he's going to do. And after Ozuna's year, we can extend him. Guys, I just don't get it. It's, it's a smart move not going after Machado and Harper. you got to write your opinion wanting Harper. He's a good guy. He's a good player. But I don't think he's proven to be great. I just don't. And I think Paul Goldsmith, I don't care if he is 31, is more worth the five years. Give him a five-year deal worth $25, $30 million. He's well worth it. That only put him in his 36th year, 37th. But you know what? We're going to get 32, 33, 34. And and a lot of people go, well, look around the league. That's why, uh, you know, only a select few gets that kind of money. Well, guess what? Paul Goldsmith's that select few. He's worth the risk. I don't think it's that big of a risk because I think the guy's just such a damn good baseball player that he's going to keep hitting. He could he could play to his 40 probably. Sure, he'll decline some. But he's the same way, five years with a possibility but a one-year, two-year uh, you know, option at the end of it. I mean, guys, I mean, the future's bright, though. I, re- I really, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm not, a guy, again, I'm not, I understand being a little upset from, from you know, uh, you know, in certain situations, and, and, but I just don't see throwing all that money at Harper. If we, if he wanted to throw five or six years at him, okay, I get it. Because, again, then, then we can throw five or six years at Arnado still next year. I, I fine. You can't go, you can't lock him down for 10 years and you can't give him $40 million. He's not worth it. We're not talking about Mike Trout here. Just not doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped on Bader. I, I think Bader, again, I think Bader, he's not going to be, as some of you, when that whole hypothetical Mike Trout trade came out, I saw on one of the Facebook groups, uh, Martinez and Bader for Trout, and everybody was saying no. Of course, most of it was women because they were mesmerized and hypnotized by Bader's looks, I guess, and his smile. Look, I love his hustle. I love his intensity. And I think he's going to be a good player. Is he going to be Trout? I don't think he's going to be as good as Trout, but but Trout, who is? You know, I, but I do think he'll be a, has a possibility to break 300, but but more likely a 280, 290, 15, 20 home runs and steal you 30 bases, uh, you know, and play one hell of an outfield. That's fine with me. I would love to see him work his way into the leadoff role. Uh, he cuts down his strikeouts. You know, there's a lot of things that uh, that we got to cut down on. But we can't sit here and harp at the negativities. We got We just got to have faith in DeYoung, and, and Bader's going to put in the work to cut down on all those things, just like Tyler O'Neill. Guys, I'm, I'm ecstatic about Paul Goldsmith and Marcel Azuna, and I really, I really think that y'all uh, you know, are going to see this year that we're right there. When I look around at Izzo, Bryant, Baez, Baez is not going to put up that year he did last year. I, that was like nothing but completely out of his ass. He's got too much of a hole in his swing. There's just no way. Schwarber in left field. Jason Hayward, who can't hit his weight. He he barely hits his weight. Two, 6'5", 250, 260. 8, 10, 12 home runs. Are you kidding me? And the Cubs are paying 28, 26, whatever it is for, for a good outfielder. That was a bust trade. That was a bust move, I mean. We dodged a bullet, guys. 
overall, our team's better. I'm sorry, our team is better. Now, we got to go out and perform it, but our team's better. Anybody sit there and say we're third best, I don't get it. What, based on last year? Based on last year? I don't. Again, a, Mar, a healthy Marcelo Zuna, Paul DeYoung healthy, Reyes healthy, Martinez healthy, Paul Goldsmith. Guys, it's time to get on board and be excited. I'm telling you, the future's bright for the Cardinals. Again, that's just my two cents. And now I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Tennessee Volunteers yesterday. They got a lot of the, the same fans, you know, coming down on Jeremy Pruitt and, and uh, you know, pissed off that we had the 11th-ranked recruiting class in the country uh, because we weren't number one or we're seventh in the SEC. Well, yeah, that's because you got number one Alabama, number two Georgia, number three Texas A&M. You got LSU in there. You got Florida in there. What do you mean? Those are all very good teams. Those are all very, uh, you know, very rich recruiting land. I don't understand why we're so – because they, he didn't get a number one. Do you realize Clemson's won two national championships in the last four years and they've never had a number one recruiting class? I mean, do we realize that? Clemson's finished like ninth or tenth. Normally they finish around 15th, 16th, 14th, somewhere there. Top 15 is good, guys, and him tell you why. Pruitt's – y'all got to quit looking at the star. Yeah, if you're Alabama and you get 24 – uh, top 300s every year because you winning every year. Okay, fine. You can afford to get all those players because you're going to miss some, but you got so many of them that it's you you know it's going to even out or you're going to come out on top because you've got so many. You know that's what Alabama's begun to do. Okay, who cares? I think we finished with like 12. You know, top 300. 12. Georgia had 16. And then Alabama was up there along with 24. That means we were right there, guys. But more importantly, you got to quit looking at the stars. You got to look at, you know, Pruitt's not Butch Jones where he just sees the stars and that's all he gets. And then you have a bunch of guys on there that either he missed the ball on, don't have it mentally, doesn't have the drive, or doesn't fit his system, or he can't develop it, or look at, or Butch Jones just was a terrible developer. I think Jeremy Pruitt with Lonte Taylor and Bryce Thompson. And uh, just to name a couple, have proven that they can develop players. Are you kidding me? We have a great coaching staff. And what I love about Pruitt, and everybody was coming down on him. I mean, gosh, we're going to keep losing our own home state players. You're saying that because you see the four star. Well, Pruitt saw it that he didn't like what he saw, he didn't fit him. I'll trust Pruitt on that. He's developed a bunch of players, a bunch of fantastic players. And all these three stars, that's because he has he knows he can turn them into four and five. Or he wouldn't get them. I would take Pruitt evaluating in our team with Chris Rump and, and uh, you know, Kevin Sher and all them, T. Martin now and all them, Brian Niedermeyer, you know, judging and evaluating these players. And hell with the star. They're evaluating these players and saying, hey, this guy fits what we're looking for. We can turn him into that. I don't give a damn if he's a three-star or not. So that's why I'm not looking at all that. I look at the fact that he got the, he's getting the players that he wants. And then we mixed in with the big-name players, like the Darnell Wright, you know, and Juana Morris, Octavius Crouch, Henry Toyoto, or I think that's how you say it. Are you kidding me? We didn't finish strong. We jumped five spots yesterday, the biggest jump of any team, and we signed like 18 or 19 in, in the early signing period. I don't understand why we're not more happy, more ecstatic. You know, 
We lost George Pickens yesterday, and I thought everybody was going to cry. The guy's six three and a half and runs almost a four eight. I'll pass. And he's probably not going to be eligible anyway. He's probably going to have to go the JUCO route. Who cares if we missed out on it? Guys, here's the problem. It, these kids are a bunch of followers. They drank the Kool-Aid. That's why Alabama gets all that. You know, the, the, gets what they're getting. I'm taking my talents to Alabama. Oh, good choice there. You're just another follower. And all you're going to be is just another niche on the belt, another niche in the wall. Most of them's not even, they're not even going to remember who you are. Because all you're doing is going and joining what's already a winning, uh, you know, a, you know, winning effort, winning tradition right now. You know, Tennessee had a winning tradition, but now we've 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 went the other way. So guess what, guys? The talent gap was a little different. We were building. You know, he's building it up from from basically the ground up. It takes special types of guys to make that successful. And you know what? George Pickens didn't have it. The ones who's choosing not to go there, they're choosing the easier route. I don't care about the competition in Alabama. They're still choosing the easier route. There's no pressure because you're just one of the many. But when you choose to come join in in Jeremy Pruitt's direction, believing in what he's, what he's, you know, the direction he's leading it with Philip Former, knowing that they're providing him with all the resources that he needs, Tennessee's still a top five program. It's still a great brand. But it still takes getting those right players. I mean, I heard Juan Morris and, and Octavius Crouch say that. They bought, they bought into what Pruitt is preaching, the direction he's going. They want to be a part of that team that's rebuilt at Tennessee back to the powerhouse. It takes a special kind of player, guys, that wants to come in and slay the dragon, to knock them off their pedestal instead of joining them. And so that's why I am thrilled to death at what we've got because the guys that we're getting, they're, every one of them are buying in because of Pruitt and because they feel like there's something special brewing and they want to be a part of that rebuilding program. Look, there's a lot of ups and downs when you're rebuilding. That's why it takes a special young man. And I'm ecstatic at what we're getting. And then when we start winning, oh, yeah, there's going to be even more that's going to want to start joining in then. But, see, these guys here, these next couple of years, these guys here are the ones that's laying the foundation. They're laying the foundation is what they're doing to something great. And I believe with all my heart, you know, it's coming. Something great is coming. It just takes him weeding out the wrong ones and getting the right ones and in the right mentality. That's just the bottom line. And he's doing that. And he's going to continue to do that. But, guys, we're losing guys in our in our in-state because Pruitt didn't want them. They didn't fit what he was looking for. That's what you got to understand. He's not going after every four and five star just because that's what they're labeled. Do you know Ed Reed was a two star? Ed Reed, two star. He's a Hall of Famer. J.J. Watt, like a two star. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, you know what I mean? It, it, it's crazy to me that people can't see that. They put so much emphasis on that star. When you got coaching staff that can develop them. You know, and, and develop you into uh, into a better players. That two star can become a four and five star, just like the three star can. But you know what? A four and five star can become a two star and a one star. It happens all the time. If you go look at the history, there's been so many four and five star busts. It ain't even it ain't even funny. So it's very important for Pruitt and him and his st- and his staff to evaluate these players because we don't want busts. We don't have time for busts. We have time for getting the right players whether it's a three-star, four-star, or five-star. That's what we got time for. And I'm telling you, I'll take Pruitt's judgment, 
his evaluation efforts and along with his staff over Butch Jones and what he was doing and over anybody that just goes and gets a bunch of five-star. Unless, of course, you're Alabama, when you get so many of them, like I said, it don't matter if you have a few busts. But just be happy with what we're getting. 11th recruiting class is fantastic. It's fantastic. More importantly, though, he's getting the players that we got to have because, like I said, it takes a special mentality. And I really believe those kids that he's getting, they have it. You know, everybody, oh, we're, st- we're still going to be this. We're still going to be that. Okay. Well, get off the train, guys. If you don't want it, get off. Quit, quit calling for Pruitt to be gone or quit doing this. You know what? You can have your opinion, but if you really feel that way, get off the train. But here's the thing. When you do, don't come try to jump back on it. You know, it doesn't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes time. And look, I'm tired of losing too, but I feel everything I got that we got the right guy. And I'm blown away that people, more people are not on board with that. I mean, we, 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 we were able to get a couple from Alabama yesterday. And that, that, you know, I think the Crouch, and a lot of people not realizing that J.J. Peterson hadn't stepped foot on the field yet. Look, look at him next year. I mean, he's going to play. The Henry Tooto is, I'm telling you, he's a game changer. You can just look at him. You can tell the way they carry themselves. Darnell Wright with Juana Morrison and Trey Smith, assuming he's going to come back. Guys, we're going to be better. And we're going to continue to get better. And it's going to be because of these two, these first two recruiting classes, the 2019-2020, the part of what he got in 2018. Those are the foundation. I'm excited that we're getting the guys that want to slay the dragon and not join the dragon because it's so easy to drink the damn Kool-Aid and just join them. But see, these kids are going to build a legacy. I mean, they're going to build their own legacy for being the team that put Tennessee back on the map. How gratifying is that? We're going to all remember who Darnell Wright, Henry Teoto, you know, Crouch. We're going to remember Bryce Thompson. We're going to remember all these guys. J.J. Peterson. You mark my words. We're going to remember every one of those guys. It's time to, you know, he's had one year. You know, give him a chance. I mean, if you if you think that he's anything like Butch Jones, you need to get off the train. I know that now. Because your 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 brain's not functioning like it needs to. You're a few beers shy of a case. Your elevator don't go all the way to the top. I'm telling you, you name it. I mean, aren't you? I mean, I know I'm sick and damn tired of Alabama though, and everybody praising Nick Saban. Yeah, Nick Saban's a good coach. There's no doubt. And I do think he used to do the you know uh, Pruitt learned his way of evaluating and 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 getting players just like Saban does. But I don't think Saban's doing that as much anymore. I think Saban's them going out and just getting all the best players he can and trying to keep them from other players, you know, other teams getting them, you know, because he really don't give two shits whether they play or not for him. He don't. At least Jeremy Pruitt, you know, has, has the, you know, the respect and the, and, and the courtesy to basically tell these players, like all these guys was uncommitting when he first got there. Guys, it wasn't because they didn't want to be there. It's because Pruitt didn't want them. He didn't fit them. But he was giving them an opportunity to go somewhere else. Saban don't care about that. You know, he's going to keep painting the picture and keep you hanging on just like he did Jalen Hurts. He led Jalen Hurts to believe that he was going to play, he's going to do this, and then he's going to play him at the end of the games just to keep him there. On one hand, you say, oh, that's, that's brilliant. On the other hand, it's, it's selfish. It, it, you know, a lot of half those kids are never even going to see the field and, or they're going to transfer. That's what they're going to do. 
That's what they always do. That's why I don't know understand when you see Alabama with six and seven linebackers that are freshmen sophomores, why are you still getting three or four more or, or whatever. It, it kills me. You're not going to play. You're not even going to play unless you're just that special player. But that's what I'm talking about with Pruitt. He's getting those special players. Will they miss on some? Sure, they probably will. But not nearly as many as Butch Jones going and just getting the top guys because that's what that star's got beside him. Especially when he wants a crawfish and talks about he wants a five-star heart. You know, there's a lot of truth in that, even though it was kind of, uh, you know, really retarded about the way he said it, uh, you know, came about it. But you do need someone with that heart, someone that drive, that mentality to be better. That's what it takes. That's exactly what it takes. You know, and so anyway, I'm I'm excited about it. I don't think Garantano is, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, are against him. A lot of people are for him. I'm not I'm not for him. I mean, I think he showed some signs of getting better. Uh, he still can't read defenses. I'm hoping Chaney can work with him. I got a lot of high hopes for J.T. Stroud, Brian Maurer, Maurer, um, you know, all those sorts of, you know, guys. I think that there's a lot of, uh, you know, you know, promise to them. Uh, as well, I think it, it's great to see competition. I'm excited about the running back competition that we got, uh, but I just don't. I don't really believe personally that Garantano's the man. I don't. I think he's uh, he takes too long to make decisions. He don't read defenses very well. Everybody wants to talk about him getting ha- getting hammered. Yeah, he did. But that was times that they gave him plenty of time. He just held the damn ball too long. So I'm really not excited about that. I'm excited about Cheney and what he can do. I'm excited about the addition of T. Martin and all you know and all that sort of thing. But the bottom line, guys, we need to quit trying to, you know, be all crazy because we didn't have a top ten, even though we was outside of the top ten, or didn't have a first, you know, number one recruiting class. You know, right now it's going to be hard to be the number one recruiting class because it's just so many kids are followers. And again, that's not even important. What's important is he evaluating the right players and getting the right players to fit the mold he's looking for and the right mentality. So, guys, I'm excited about it. You have a right to not be, but to continue to bash Pruitt and bash his recruiting classes is an absolute joke. Uh, we finished very strong yesterday, even even better than, than uh, I think they even anticipated. Uh, so it is a lot to be excited about, guys. And so once you get on board and give Pruitt a chance, if we're still having the same conversation in the next couple of years, then maybe he's not the guy. But I'm telling you right now, it's time to get on board. It's time to back it. You know, he's getting quality players. He's getting high-quality players. He's getting guys that can turn this program back in a hurry. And look at the grad transfers. That's something not even taking into consideration either. If the guy from Michigan and Gibbs from Georgia gets to play immediately, that would push us into the top ten with the four, with I think I know Gibbs is a four star. I think the one for Michigan's a five star. He might be a four star, but at least two four stars. But I really believe he was a five star. The point I'm making is you don't even take those into consideration. We're going to be much better next year. Are we going to compete for the national championship? No, probably not. But we are going to be better next year. And then when we bring in that top ten or top fifteen recruiting class again in 2020, that's when you're going to start. We're going to start reaping the benefits. Guys, I want I want it to, to happen overnight too, but it's just not it's just not the way it is. Anything worth having takes time to build. 
So, you know, anyway, that's the way I feel. I think we had a fantastic day. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about the future. I think the Cardinals had a good offseason. Could they have done a little bit more? Yeah, that's possible. Uh, but if it includes uh, Harper and Machado, I'm glad they passed, and I think you will be too. Um, I think you're going to be excited, and, and, and I think it's time you ought to give Goldsmith a chance. I think by midseason, uh, you know, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. Uh, I think Ozuna, same way. Everybody's going to try to get on the board, uh, get on the train, and you might as well, you know, hey, it's time to get on there now. I like the team. I'm excited, and you should be too. Uh, but, I, you know, but you have a right to your opinion, right to your, your feelings, and that's fine. But that's my two cents on this, and that's what I provide you. Uh, next time out, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more uh, you know about uh, you know I guess about my progress and my journey um, you know once again I, I will touch base on this real quick you know George and Texas A&M look at this shows how deep we are you know you talk about teams though like George has got a recruiting uh, uh, haven Texas is a recruiting haven you know Alabama Florida you know Tennessee's getting better but you know Tennessee's having just like Notre Dame they're having to go out in everybody's backyard and that's something you don't understand. Yeah, we got a brand, but it still takes Pruitt selling his vision and selling Tennessee, but selling his vision and all that sort of thing. He went in the backyard and got a lot of Georgia players. You know, he got some Florida players. We even got a California guy. And I, it ain't all Pruitt. It's Niedermeyer. It's the whole staff. But the point is, guys, it's pretty impressive what he was able to do, you know, with a 5-7 and seven season. Okay, so, you know, look at it from that perspective, you know, I hate Alabama. I hate them with a passion. But unfortunately, until we somebody continuously knocks them off their pedestal, you know they're going to be in the top three every year. That's just the way it is because so many kids follow. But that's fine. Keep following them, and I hope they keep losing. I don't give a shit if it's them. I'd rather see them not in the playoffs. I mean, I despise their fans. They act like those years that we dominated them didn't happen. You know, there were some dark years before Saban got there. There were some dark years, and uh, and they act like that didn't happen. You know that you know it drives me nuts. But you know what? We got to beat them. Uh, but anyway, you know, same thing with Georgia. Oh my gosh, they start winning a couple years. Now they're the best damn thing since sliced bread. I mean, come on, you still you still choked away the last two years. You, you know, you're just choke artists. You're you know, it's the choke parade going on down there in Athens. But anyway. That's beside us, not here nor, nor there. I'm excited about the future of Tennessee. I'm excited about St. Louis. And look, guys, I'm just providing you my insight, uh, you know, what I feel. Uh, again, you can, uh, you know, feel free to contact me at gbcollier24 at gmail.com. You can reach me at Facebook at, you know, Bryant Collier uh, slash the Collier Company. You know, I mean, but you, Bryant Collier, we should get you there at 50 Shades of Collier on Instagram, as well as I'm continuing to grow uh, that and, and my YouTube page. I've added a couple, um, uh, you know, videos to there. Still learning that, feeling my way around. But again, it's at 50 Shades of Collier as well. Um, and of course, you can find all my podcasts on Anchor. Uh, you know, I do upload them to my Facebook page most of the time as well. Uh, so anyway, guys, I hope you have a great day. Next time out, we'll discuss something else, uh, a little bit about my journey, and then who knows what else. But just uh, t- tune in. Uh, today is uh, Thursday. I'll probably do it again on the, this weekend sometime and put it out. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to you. Uh, my audience is growing. Uh, I just hope I can uh, continue to give you uh, valuable content, and I hope you'll keep listening. Again, this is Bryant Kyer giving you my two cents at the 50 Shades of Collier podcast. Talk to you later. Have a great day.